You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. Number one, thank you for showing up. I am having so much fun doing this. And I'm going to keep bringing it, bringing it with great speakers, great new rock stars in dentistry on hot topics. And my team finds some of the best people anywhere. And when it comes to the subject of pain and how important it is when you're taking good care of patients, I found a great, actually I didn't, my team did, found a great rock star, Dr. Mary Charles Hagler. And today she shares with you some great thoughts about why you should learn more about oral facial pain being a specialty and its role in the future of dentistry. It is awesome. So check it out. Hope you guys enjoy it and we'll see you guys soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. I get the fun, the excitement, the cool job of being a CE junkie and finding all of these rock stars in this great country and this great world of ours in the great profession of dentistry. And I get to interview them and bring this information to you to create a better practice and a better life. And I've got a, an amazing new rock star in dentistry in a new specialty, Dr. Mary Charles Hagler. And we're going to be talking about oral facial pain as a new specialty. So Mary, thanks for being on today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And you're like, I don't even know what do you well, like? How does this work? Don't worry. We're going to have some fun. <laughs> don't worry. I cheated and listened to your podcast before coming on. So oh, you I did. Okay. So, <laughs> so you were completely underwhelmed before you got here. So this is all good. <laughs> but uh, I want people to know who you are. You are the only licensed oral facial um, specialist in South Carolina. Is that correct? That is correct. As of now. So South Carolina, um, only well, orofacial pain only became a specialty within the last couple of years officially, and so I had to kind of go to the board of the of, of licensing in South Carolina and ask them, can we recognize this specialty? And so then we had to, they did approve it, and then I had to apply for it. So I'm the first one that's actually applied and gotten the license here. Yeah, congratulations. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And so talk about this trend, you know, because 
Um, before we hit the go button, you said, you know, it's a lot of education, helping people understand what this is. And so how important is this aspect of dentistry? And let's talk about the why behind it and, and how you see that. Well, there's the, um, the why of why I got into this field or the why as to why it's important. Both. And I think they both overlap. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I did practice general dentistry from about um, 2006 to around 2015. Um Along the way, um, I think we talked a little bit earlier about being CE junkies. And the more I learned, the more I wanted to learn. And then the more I realized that the way I practice is I like to listen to my patients and take time with individual patients. And I'm not a very good room hopper like a, like a, a lot of general dentists end up being. And so I, I went through a variety of continuing ed, and then I ended up with um, going to a lecture that Henry Grimion was putting on, and he's pretty well known in the orofacial pain community, at, at to say the least. And um, so from there, I did a continuum with him um, in orofacial pain at LSU. And then I guess I'm a slow learner and I just decided I needed to go get a master's in it too. So I went to the University of Southern California's program to get a master's in orofacial pain and oral medicine under Gwen Clark. And so the more I learned, the more I realized there was to learn. And then since I've become a diplomat of the board of orofacial pain and I'm practicing orofacial pain at, out of a, um, it's funny, if you look for me, I'm at a, oral surgeries practice with some with a bunch of surgeons treating orofacial pain. So not surgical at all. But um, I guess the way I have learned is that there there's so little information in the general public about orofacial pain that I've taken on trying to inform other people. So I have residents from MUSC, which is the Medical University of South Carolina. Well, dental students come and rotate through so that they can learn a little bit before going out. And so that's why when um, your team asked me if I would be on here, I was like, well, that would be great because we need to let people know what orofacial pain is about. Yeah, I love it. My team is always like, no, I promise you, like you got it. I'm like, awesome. And they, it's amazing <laughs> how they find all of these great up and coming influences in dentistry. And there's no question you're doing that too. And um, when you talk about the patient side of things, and you and I were right. chatting about this, you know, the TMJ, TMD thing has been put in, disorder has been put in one bucket. They just think it's like one thing, but it's right. not. Can you explain that? Right. So patients will come in and they'll inform me that they've been diagnosed with TMJ. And I'm, and so I, I have to tell them, well, let's break it down a little bit more because there can be um, either a disorder that involves the articular disc being out of place. There can be arthritis, which can either be osteoarthritis or an autoimmune condition. There can be muscle pain or myalgia. There can be a combination of those, um, or they can be separate. So it's trying to figure out exactly what that patient has going on. So then, then we can tailor the treat the treatment or the management to whatever symptoms they're actually having. Yeah, and so there's a whole range of classifications. You know, and I just learned that about even gluten. So I have a sister-in-law right. who's got celiac. She's like, no, it's not one thing. Like there's a whole range of classifications mm -hmm. and just figuring out getting as close as you can to 
to figure out what to right. do next. Is that kind of the same thing? I mean, a little that's, bit of the, that's kind of the same thing. It's it's kind of like um, so. Basically, I'll take a history from the patient. They you can learn a lot just from hearing what the patient has to say, even if they don't fully know what's going on. They can still tell you, well, when I open, um, I can only open this wide now. I used to click and now I don't. Um, all of those are little key words that tell you maybe it's a disc disorder. Right. Or um, some patients will tell you um, that they have other joints that are achy and painful. And so then that kind of clues you. And so just getting a good history helps to start the, the process. Um, Along with that, I look for comorbidities like um, mood disorders, anxiety, depression. I look for sleep disorders such as obstructive sleep apnea because those things can be correlated to jaw pain as well. And so we, we like to look at the whole picture, the whole patient to try to figure out the best treatment for them. And then, of course, there's the exam itself where we use palpation, um, auscultation with stethoscopes, different things to try to figure out exactly what's going on. And then the fun part is educating the patient and making them understand what's going on in their body so they can help to manage what's going on. Yeah. And now I'll say this to the people that are listening. Like if you guys have been listening for a while, you've already heard us say this a million times. I believe this, but I want to ask you, Mary, if you dentists are more positioned more than any other healthcare professional in the world to help people be healthy. I mean, you're looking at, at things way at a much deeper level than probably anybody. I mean, we're biased here, but like, tell us, tell us your thoughts on that. Well, I, I agree that we do have that opportunity because you in dentistry, I, I feel like a lot of us have the opportunity to make our own schedules the way that we would like to, where as in a, a lot of the healthcare professions, they have maybe 15 minutes with a patient and they only can really focus on one thing. Um, to tell you the truth, with a new patient, for me, I plan to spend about an hour, hour and 15 minutes with that patient. So in that time, I have a good chance to get a lot of history and to then take multiple pieces and say, well, you know, you have this elevated pain level, but at the same time, it may be related to, we'll give you just an example. If your sleep is disrupted, then that affects your body's ability to regulate different neurochemicals, neurotransmitters. So then that affects your ability to modulate pain. It also puts you at risk for other types of disorders. So looking at the whole patient helps you to be able to I'm not going to necessarily treat every part of that if they have hypertension or they have a mood disorder, but I can help them to get that treatment, which then helps us to get them well. Yeah. And another thing that you're really passionate about is the referral patterns um, between muscle and teeth and finding out where the pain is, because it's much more complex than what we used to think 20 years ago. Can you speak about that? Well, it is. And, you know, I've heard people say, well, I'm, I'm concerned about working with these patients because sometimes they come in and they'll say that or some patients will come in and say that they have a tooth that hurts and you look at the tooth and there's nothing wrong with the tooth, but they, they're convinced that it is. Well, 
that could mistakenly lead to a, a practitioner thinking that the person's either making it up, trying to get um, something done that's not needed or get medicine that's not needed. But the, the reality is that in a lot of those cases, they do feel pain in a certain tooth, but the pain's just not coming from that tooth. There's a, a discrepancy in the site versus the source of the pain. So there's um, a pretty well-known referral pattern, and I, I learned it through uh, Travell and Simon's referral. Um, they have charts that show you. If you say, for example, if I put pressure on the sternocleidomastoid, that muscle may be painful where I'm putting pressure, but it also might make the patient have a tooth that hurts or have their forehead hurt. Or, um, and they'll, they'll be very confused for a moment. They're like, how did you just make my headache worse? And I'm like, well, that's because that's where the pain's actually coming from. It's just where you're feeling it is in a different location. Yeah. And the same thing happens with the teeth as well. So the masseter can refer to any individual tooth. So that's why I like other dentists to be aware that if a patient has a toothache and I know you're trying to help them, but if you don't see anything wrong with the tooth, just kind of step back and try to reassess. Yeah, this is amazing. And you're finding out exactly where the pain is. Uh, mm -hmm. Going back to the whole point, like diagnosis is really it's so crazy important finding out where to start because there's multiple treatment plans, but only one true diagnosis if we figure out what it is, but you're just asking the right questions. Well, and, and anybody can if they know the question to ask. We can only do with the best we can with what knowledge we have. And so um, that's why I feel like it's really important for the orofacial pain community to reach out and I and, um, and reach out to dentists, reach out to ENTs too, because a lot of patients will have earaches that are actually pain from the temporomandibular joint as well. Yeah. So, and then yeah. I would love for you to talk about this with interdisciplinary dentistry or even dental communities. Is this well received? Mm -hmm. You know, special, I have a special place in my heart for specialists because they have to work really hard. It doesn't matter what specialty to create value for the rest of the, you know, dental community. But has it been a challenge to really be recognized as as a as a specialty? And if not, if you know, why not? And if so, you know, give us some perspective on that. So I think there was a little bit of a, a challenge to get the specialty recognized. And I think part of it was because general dentists can do a great job with a lot of these patients. And so I think some people worry about if there's a specialty, does that take away their ability to take care of them? And the answer is no. If you can do a great job taking care of the, of patients, then you don't necessarily have to refer out. We're just here to help with the more challenging ones or patients that um, maybe don't fit the traditional mold or you know, some people may be perfectly comfortable treating patients that have myalgia or muscle pain, but may not feel comfortable treating a patient that has arthritic changes to the joint. And so I think orofa orofacial pain in general can, even within the TMD category, doesn't necessarily mean that we're trying to take it from general dentist or take it from somebody else. It's just we want to help um, to get the patients the care that they need. I love it. I love it. And what do you think most people get wrong as you're talking to them about oral facial pain? Like what, 
what do you say? No, that's not, that's not true. Well, the funny thing is with orofacial pain, it's not, I know I've mentioned TMD a lot because that seems to be the biggest overlap with, with general dentistry, but orofacial pain also, we manage, um, pain that's in, that's related to the, the joint, but also it could be within the mouth. It could be headaches. It could be things in the region. Um, so there's also neuropathies, neuralgias that we help with, um, headache disorders. Also, because of the overlap with, um, sleep apnea and, um, especially the appliances, if we're able to use a mandibular advancement device in someone with a TMD that could be needed to, we might need to manage it a little more carefully. Mm-hmm. And so we do also help with um, obstructive sleep apnea management as well. So I think one thing is just that it's a broader area um, than just um, TMDs. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm always curious the impact of, you know, co- not so much COVID, but recent, you know, it just seems like patients are under more stress now than ever. Or, you know, it's not like wear is going away. It's not like perio is disappearing. And, right. you know, um, I would imagine sometimes people describe these pains that are phantom pains or, you know, I, I mean, I even have phantom feelings. I feel like there's my cell phone's buzzing in my pocket when it's not, you know, it's mm-hmm. really wild. And so from a dental perspective, I mean, do you feel like people are experiencing more pain physically? I, I know, you know, it, it just seems like it is and maybe it's not. I don't know. Well, it does seem like, well, to be fair, um, I've seen uh, uptick in my practice. But then again, I really, I finished my specialty in 18, 19, I joined this practice. So 2020 is as my practice is building is also when all the stress from COVID and everything really kicked in. So I have seen an uptick, but I might be a little biased just in how my practice has progressed as well. But I do think that stress does increase. It's, a, it's another risk factor for different pain symptoms. And um, we do know that there is a relationship between anxiety and depression and pain modulation because they're both controlled with serotonin and norepinephrine. And so if those are out of balance, then people, people can have more difficulty suppressing pain signals as well. Yeah. So, yes, people that experience anxiety at an elevated level may be experiencing more pain, even if it's not just the muscle tension that is referring that pain as well. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Now, you're obviously very passionate about this movement. And so, mm-hmm. again, we have a lot of dental students listening. Like, tell me what the future of this looks like and why I might want to consider it, you know, as as a future if I'm a dental professional. Well, I think the as more people learn about this specialty, there's going to be more and more need for the providers. Um, and to be honest, there's just not very many um, orofacial pain specialists out there. So if you wanted to get involved, I feel like there would be an easy turnout for you to have patient. I mean, there's plenty of patients that have pain. Um, so I think that that's important to know. Um, another part that I like about it is I feel like it's a different opportunity than a lot of the specialties in general. Um, So 
for me, I like the, it's kind of like a little problem solving. It's like a little mm-hmm. mystery that you get to figure out what's going on. And so that, that intrigues me and it helps me to stay interested. But the best part is you may have a patient that comes in the first time you meet them. They've been to several places before. They're a little pessimistic. They're not feeling well because they're in pain. So they're a little irritable. And as long as you remember that you're here to help that person and you really listen and you really try to help them, when you see benefits um, that they're having, say at a post-op, when they're feeling better, even if you don't get all the pain to diminish, but it's helping them, you can tell a change in a person's whole outlook and their demeanor. And that's probably the most rewarding thing is just to see that you're making a difference in someone's life. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And, you know, um, the, the preventive side of things is always so much fun to talk about. I want you to talk about this. So yesterday I had um, Tom Viola, who um, talks a lot about pharmacology. It's very, you know, it's, we're so quick as a country to write a script for things. If we just mm-hmm. understood what was happening, can you talk about the role, you know, proactively diagnosing these things versus the challenge with pharmacology um, or even prescription medications, like with, with what you're talking about? Well, so there is, um, pharmacology does come into play a lot of times by the time a person sees me. Um, but a lot of times it's not necessarily, uh, narcotics or pain medicines of that, of that category. It's more of anti-inflammatories. Um, we may need some muscle relaxers until we get things calmed down, but also just teaching people home therapies, which are things to increase blood flow, um, help them to keep their range of motion, um, help them to learn how to not clench all the time. Um, maybe give them an oral device for nighttime use when they can't control clenching. Um, little um, things like avoidance of hard, crunchy foods, things that they can take with them to help to manage really go a long way. Um, but pharmacology is needed. But I think one misconception is that opioids are the answer to pain. Mm-hmm. And for these patients, for chronic pain, it really can only make, it can make things worse, mm-hmm. um, make the pain more intense. So to be honest, I don't, I don't really go that route um, as a general as a general rule. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, and, and you're super smart. I'm not, and so I the reason I say that is uh, so I'll just tell you a quick story. So last week I I have this thing in my back, and so. I've got a younger dentist who's around here. He's like, it has nothing to do with your back. That's your hips. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, it's related this. And he, he gave me like four stretch. It was amazing. He's like, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. And so this pain that was in my deep middle back was killing mm-hmm. me. I started doing these yoga like stretches that he was right. And it went away like that. I'm like, 
oh my gosh, where I might have gone home and taken a leave or something like that, or put the, right. but the, the whole idea of systemically understanding how the body works and its forces on each other component, he just said it over and over. It's your hips. I'm like, it doesn't hurt here. He goes, but it's starting right. there. And so um, I think what you're doing is amazing, really diagnosing where all of these things are coming. And I have to believe it's a little bit of a moving target. Like you're always yeah. learning about things. I am. I, I do. And I, I love to keep learning. And I, I've almost thought you meant the, the pain itself can be a moving target. And it, but it, it is always something new to learn as well. So I can kind of talk about both of those, but the, the patient sometimes doesn't have pain in just one place. So like if they have true arthritis, in the joint, then that pain can cause their muscles to try to splint and protect it. So then they can have muscle pain and joint pain. And to go with your hip story, um, sometimes posture. So if we're working on a computer all day and your forward head press position, that puts a strain on your neck, changes your airway. So then that can also affect the positioning of the jaw. So everything is related. So it's all one body. So we kind of have to, that's why we try to look at the big picture of things. Um, and then, as you said, the moving target, the CE is always coming out. There's always new um, information, new understanding of the mechanisms of why things happen. And um, we talked a little bit before the camera started rolling. I, I, love some CE. I love, I love to sit and learn. And I think that's how I got in this field, just wanting to understand more. And it kind of is a little bit of a selfish reason too, with, um, general dentistry for me, I didn't listen well enough in the ergonomics section of school. And I would lean over probably more than I should. Mm -hmm. And I have neck problems as a result. Uh -oh. So sitting in that position, is I can understand pain. And so that empathy for people having painful disorders, I think is the main reason why I'm in this field too. I want, I want to help other people so that they don't have to have that feeling as well. Amen. There are way too many young professionals that we see that have pain way before they should. And I'm mm -hmm. like, you're 35. You should not be having this pain right now. And it is crippling in some facts. Like it's, so I think it's so important. I have Uchi Odiatu on here quite a bit and he's like the power of movement and like he, right. he's got us even breathing like and how important all of those things are. Um, I want you to go back to the moving target of CE too. So I don't, I can't remember a time where it's been so exciting to talk about so many facets of dentistry. And I would imagine an oral facial pain it's just cascading into, we're learning more and more. I had Steve Carsonson on and he's an amazing dentist uh, that's really an expert on airway. And he was going to do a, a lecture this week. He's actually doing it, I think today on the nasal cavity. I'm like, Steve, you're a dentist. He's like, right. no, this stuff is so fascinating. What we're learning now is just cascading into other things that help us better understand how the body works. And is that true in oral facial pain from an education standpoint? Oh, of course. Um, so like I mentioned, we're we're learning about um, neuropathy, neuralgia in the mouth, so different nerve conditions. Um, we also um, are learning all the time about um, more information about migraines. A lot of us are also members of the American Headache Society so that we can 
understand um, the the migraine patterns because migraines are also um, a condition of the trigeminal nervous system, which we know is also what's giving it what gives us the pain signals from the face as well. So a lot of times when their patients are having um, even a TMD type of pain, that pain could be a trigger for a migraineur or a person that gets migraines. So just keeping up with what's going on in other fields is also very important. Yeah, this is so awesome. Any last thoughts you have on oral facial pain as a new specialty? Any last things you'd love to say about it? I would just love to encourage people to find out more. And if, and just to one little thing that I can't go without saying is if you have a patient come in and they have pain and it's an intense pain, I, just as a little final story, I had a patient come in one time who was having a toothache. The toothache started the night before, woke her up in her sleep. She went to her dentist. He's like, um, this, I'm not seeing anything. I'm going to send you to the endodontist. Endodontist got her in the same day. Um, endodontist looks and he's like, something's not right. And he sent her to me. And I'd had a cancellation that day and I got her in. Y'all, this never happens all the same day, but it did this day. The patient came in and I didn't see anything on the x-ray. I didn't see anything looking in her mouth. I did all my palpations that I normally do. Couldn't find any reason for it. I realized the patient was nauseated as well, completely fatigued. She thought she was just feeling poorly because she was in so much pain. But to get long story short, there is an acronym called SNOOP that stands for Systemic Neurologic onset of pain. Um, and then there's the, um, how old the patient is, is it progressing? Is it persistent? Anyway, all these different things. But if you look at those and something's out of whack, so hers, she was having systemic signs, sudden onset of pain. She was over the age of 50. All of those things told me she needed to go to the ER and the lady was having a heart attack and had three stents placed that night or that day. And that was, she presented because she had a toothache. So my whole point in telling you this is if it's, if you can't find something wrong with the tooth, step back and see what else could it be? Wow. That is a life changing. I mean, it's amazing how you were able to help somebody in that respect. That's frightening. Actually. It's crazy. It is. It is frightening because the truth is that a lot of times I I don't get people in the same day. Mm. And so I, I, I believe that, I don't know if you believe in miracles or things like that, but I think it was, she was where she was, she got to where she needed to be that day. She got to the ER that day. And I think there was something beyond my control there. Oh yeah. God's always looking out for me every day. Like, I don't always listen, but you better believe there's somebody else. Yeah, you know, making some things happen here. That's for sure. But uh, I am so grateful to have you on. This is awesome. And I also want people to follow you, find out more about what you're doing. Um, Our, our, our writers will put all of this together. So Mary, where can we send them? Like, if I want to learn more about this, more, find out more about what you're doing, where do I go if I'm a listener? So the American Academy of Orofacial Pain, which is the AAOP, has a website. The American 
Board of Orofacial Pain, which is the ABOP, also has a website. Um, if they want to reach out to me, um, you'll find me, I, I think I mentioned earlier, I actually work with a bunch of oral surgeons. So the easiest way to find me is through um, Carolina's Center for Oral and Oral Facial Surgery, which is mycenters.com. And that's the easiest way to find me. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that wasn't so bad, was it? Like, <laughs> No, that was fun. That yeah, was fun. There are some people that come, they're like, I'm not coming out. I'm like, why? They're like, just, I'm like, I promise it'll be easy. And so, um, yeah, not, I, think, not at all. I think education should always be fun, a little insightful and helpful. And so you did that today for sure. So thank you so much. I tend to stumble a few times, though. I caught myself a hey, couple of times. <laughs> I stumble more than anybody, so don't sweat it. Don't sweat okay. it at all. So all good right. stuff. Well, we'll thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we'll stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show podcast. Uh, like I mentioned, all of our writers, it doesn't matter if you're listening to Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Um, if you flip up to the show notes, you'll see everything that Mary mentioned. We have a link for it. So you'll be able to click on it. That'll take you directly there. So the cool thing about this podcast is we take notes for you. How cool is that? And so you can, we're going to make your homework easy. I'm going to encourage you guys to check it out. And, uh, and anything else you guys want to see, please reach out to us. I'll have Mary back. We'll ask her the tough questions and uh, we'll do it that way. So um, thank you guys for listening. And until we see you guys next time, or you hear from us next time, keep watching the best practices show. You guys have a great day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.